Y A M six forty. Bill Handel here on a uh, Saturday morning. Uh, lots to cover today, six to eleven o'clock every single Saturday for the legal show, followed by Leo Laporte with the uh, tech show, and that's from eleven to two o'clock. Neil Savager, my friend with the Fork Report, from two to five, all things food. And then Mo Kelly, 6 to 8. And then Monique Marvez from 8 to 10. And then Brian Suits with the Dark Secret Place. And I don't know where the top of my pen went. These are pens I want to keep. All right, so much for that. I'll find it afterwards. Probably under the desk. This is Handle on the Law. Marginal legal advice where I tell you you have absolutely no case. Okay, in Canada. Oh, is this fantastic. So here is an accused rapist, and he defends himself, and he says not only did he not commit the crime of rape, but he is physically incapable of the crime. Now, that's his defense. Uh, The court gave him an attorney, uh, which sometimes uh, people who want to defend themselves are smart enough to take. So the lawyer for Jacques Rachaud says his stomach is too large. His penis is too small, way too small to commit this crime of rape and choking two sex workers in his pickup truck. So his first defense witness was a registered nurse who took his measurements in jail and testified that his penis was about two inches when erect. That's a problem. I must tell you, I thought I had an issue. Not even close to this. And he's five foot six and weighs about 400 pounds. And has an umbilical hernia about the size of a baseball. And uh, jurors were uh, shown photographs of his naked body. And uh, the lawyer says, due to his weight and his appearance, he will be the first to tell you he has a lot of trouble attracting members of the opposite sex. Really? And that getting a woman's attention, let alone having sex, was not something that happened very often for him. And uh, she says that Roshop, who happens to be a career thief, I mean, this is what he does for a living. He's a thief, although 400-pound thieves, go figure, uh, that he did indeed visit sex workers, but he could have not raped a woman specifically from behind, as she says. You can't put a 400-pound man... With a two-inch penis when his penis is erect and somehow successfully culminate a rape. It just doesn't work. And he believes he is the subject of a witch hunt. Well, there's something going on for sure. All right. uh, Let's take some phone calls. All right, Sydney. Hi, Sydney. Good morning. Yes, ma'am. Yes, yeah, so my father um, wrote a will a couple of decades ago, and he died two years ago. We couldn't find it when he died, and his wife of the time um, basically blocked everything and said, I get everything because there's no will. Well, we found the will buried in my mother's stuff. Is there anything I can do about this now? Has it already been distributed? He had basically only one relatively substantial asset, and I'm assuming it's been drained by then. What it is would it? have gone what, to her. What kind of an asset? Um, it was a big chunk of um, HP stock. Okay, so that's been so, yeah. Uh, you know what? I think that, no, uh, because there is a timeline here. 
where an old will, uh, once you have a distribution of an intestate will, uh, which I'm assuming happened, uh, this was his wife, correct? Yes. Yeah, she pretty well. I, I think you're going to have a hard time only because of the timeline. I'm surprised that he just that there wasn't an attorney that had the will. I mean, one of the things, uh, I mean, I have a will and a trust. You know how many copies there are? I've got four people. It, the lawyer who wrote the will, I have it in the safe deposit box, and I have the two trustees who both have the will and uh, the trust. And that's really the way to uh, to be safe. And what does a will uh, leave, by the way, Sydney? It leaves everything to um, his wife, which was my mother at the time. Well, still my mother, his wife at the time, and his kids, me and my brother. Equally. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you can talk. You know what I would do? I would certainly talk to uh, a probate and estate lawyer to find out okay. if there is a statute issue where you can go back and try to open it up and maybe find out whether or not there's anything still there. Uh, and, and if there is, there may be a shot at it. Uh, I don't do probate in the state. When I have a question, you know what I do? I call my probate in the state lawyer uh, to tell me the uh, the answer. Call one. Uh, you can go to the website. Go to handleonthelaw.com and either make a phone call or send an email to uh, one of our probate and the state lawyers. And just ask, uh, I have an old will. Can I do anything about it? Yes or no? And you'll get the answer. Okay, great. Thanks for your help. Okay. You got it. Robert. Hello, Robert. Yes, I have two roommates to share a room. They've been living like a year and a half with me. They have no contract, no deposit. I just want my room back. Uh, what do I need to do? You have to evict them. You you have to evict them. Yeah, you, how you, would I go about doing well, that? Well, you can uh, either do it yourself. You can go on, uh, just go on the Internet and do a search. Uh, eviction documents, you can go to a... Uh, you go to an eviction attorney, but that's probably going to cost you uh, several hundred dollars. So let's say you want to do it yourself, Robert. Okay, here are the rules. Uh, you want to give them a 30, maybe even a 60-day under California law, a notice to quit. You cannot accept rent uh, other than up through that 60 days. Uh, you, they, you, you can't accept rent to, to, to the end of that 60 days. Uh, it has to be a, an unlawful detainer that is served on them if they don't leave by 60 days. So you give them, here's your notice to quit, okay? I want you out by the 1st of, uh, hypothetically, the 1st of uh, June. And uh, and you give them the appropriate, uh, the appropriate amount of time. If they're not out, then what you do is you file an unlawful detainer that you want them out because uh, they are now in violation of uh, your uh, of your notice. You cannot take rent during that time. You will get a judgment for the rent, but you can't take rent because that means they're back in. When you okay, serve sir. them, it can't be you. The marshal has to serve them. And that's uh, if they don't leave, the marshal has to serve them? Or no, you serve them. Yeah, if they don't leave, you have to file the eviction papers, and the marshal serves them, or you can have a friend serve them, but it can't be you. It has okay. to be someone else. Usually you go to the marshal, and then if they don't answer the complaint, uh, you, set a, you set a date for a default judgment, and if they fight it, it can be a couple of months. You want to look at all the rules of, uh, of eviction. The problem is you're the, the the problem is you're living with this guy these guys and uh, they're in your house so that makes it really uncomfortable. Have you just asked them to leave? No, I, I I'm going to and I I was going to give them like you know two months to. That's what you have to do. Make somewhere. it in writing. Make it in writing, Robert. Yeah. 
Yeah, I just want to cover myself legally. Yeah, cover think- yourself legally by handing yeah. them a, a 60-day notice to leave. Okay. Okay, their tenancy is over. You want to go on the, you know what, go on the internet and start researching uh, evictions. And uh, so you get to know what's going on. You can follow the rules. It's not that hard. As a matter of fact, it's not very hard at all. But you have to follow the rules to every T being crossed and every I being dotted. You do it wrong, it kicks it right back, and you have to start from scratch. Okay? Great. Appreciate right. you. are the best. Yeah, I am the best. I couldn't agree with you more. Unless my advice was totally wrong. And I completely screw it up for him. And then I'm probably not the best. That's my guess. I'm pretty good still. No, no, I'm not. No, I become the worst. This is Handle on the Law. Julie Slater in the KFI Newsroom. KFI AM 640. An iHeart Radio Station. Home of KFI in the Sky. This is KFI AM 640. More stimulating talk. Bill Handel here on a Saturday. And welcome back to Handel on the Law Marginal Legal Advice. Hi, Christine. Uh, Welcome to Handel on the Law. My granddaughter passed away because she was born prematurely. Um, Before I was able to return to work, my supervisor divulged to some of my coworkers what had happened without my permission. Okay. I have subsequently been let go from the company, and I just wonder if I have any case. Okay, wait a minute. You've let been let go from the company, yes. somehow connected to your granddaughter dying? No. Just in general? Just in general. This is just... Okay, you know, so how do, the, how do the two connect? None. Okay. Other than I'm no longer employed. There. Got it. So you're no longer employed, and... They have offered me my job back. I oh. turned it down. Why? Because uh, my daughter has subsequently had another baby, and I'm at home with them. Okay, so it has nothing to do with coming back and saying it's okay, we don't mind. Well, uh, a quick answer to your question is absolutely not. Okay. Yeah, supervisors telling coworkers that your daughter had died before without asking your permission. You know what? My granddaughter. Yeah, or your granddaughter. Uh-huh. Uh, they don't have to. There, there's nothing that says uh, that they, they can't. That is confidential. Uh, no, it's not. It's a public record. Got it. Okay. All That's right. What I was checking. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Gee, you can't tell people that uh, someone's died. Uh, yeah, you actually can. First of all, it's a fact. Second of all, uh, I don't think you need anybody's permission now uh, to be uh, to be reasonable about it. I mean, if you have if if you have a heart, of course. Uh, I would say, uh, you know, Christine, uh, can I share that information with uh, the rest of the staff? And Christine could say, no, I'd rather not at this point, or I'd rather tell them. I mean, that's just common decency. But legally? Oh, come on. Oh, also, I love the fact I ha- I was let go, and I want to sue them. Does it connect at all? No. Uh, why, were, why, why did they offer you jo- your job back? Uh, or why are you not accepting it? Uh, because I want to stay home and take care of uh, the other kids. Um, no. But it's kind of nice to know, and I've never heard uh, this kind of question. It's kind of uh, nice to know how far people will go to try to get money under any circumstances. Hi, Sandra. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Thank you. Hi, Bill. I have a question about my uh, 
Homeowners Association, they have five giant pine trees at a fence that goes right along my house and okay. right along the lake. And uh, the pine needles, I can't tell you how many, it's covering the grass mm. that I just put had put in yeah. because it killed my seeded grass last year. Okay. I spent a lot of money on plants and sod and everything, and I have to take about two hours every evening to go and rake those up so it doesn't kill everything. Sure. And I'm 79. Yeah. And you sound older than that, but okay. Also, I wanted to ask you, um, how many packs of cigarettes do you smoke, Sandra, a day? I quit. Oh, when? A week ago? No, about three months ago. Oh, okay. And you've been smoking for how long? Oh, 25 years. All right. Yeah, you're going to be a a soprano uh, by next year, I'm sure. All right. You want to know if uh, your next-door neighbor is responsible or has to clean up the pine needles uh, themselves? No, it's the homeowners. I live in a section... it's oh, it's com- oh, okay. So it's common. It's it's on the common uh, area, right? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I would argue that uh, it's the common area that's ruining your grass on your property. Now, huh. did you buy the property before the trees were there or after? After. Yeah. You're probably going to have to. The problem is they never did this. We've lived here 16 years. And now the pine trees are starting to shed their needles. Yeah. I don't know if it's this new. Yeah. I would go. I would go to the homeowner association and say, "Hey, you know what? We need. I need some help here. Uh, The pine trees are killing my grass." And I've got to uh, rake this stuff up every day, and it's uh, it's it's common area pine trees. Their argument is going to be, you know what? You saw those pine trees there when you uh, when you moved in, uh-huh. and this is what pine trees do. Uh-huh. So I would, um, you know, it's a wobbler in one of those. I think you may have an argument. I think they have an argument. Uh, I don't know which way the way it would go. It's going to end up in small claims court where you uh, you go ahead and ask for it uh, of uh, the homeowners. They're going to tell you to go pound sand. And then you take the homeowner association to court. Unless there's a CCNR in the CCNRs that you have to go through some kind of arbitration. Uh-huh. That if uh, there is a dispute, you don't go to court, you go to arbitration. Although small claims court is probably the easiest way to go. And I can't imagine they would exclude uh, small claims court. So yeah, I, I talked to the managers, the management company. I talked to them and... They told us to go to the meeting. Yeah, go to the meeting and ask. Ask yeah. the, o- uh, the HOA. You know, you may get some people that are on your side. You may get somebody on the board that understands your plight. Right. Well, All right? I went last week, but it was a different kind of meeting. Right. So you go in and you, you bring it up the next meeting. And uh, then we'll see what they can do. All right? Okay. They really don't, aren't required to have to do anything, though, right, legally. At what? I'm sorry? They don't have to do anything. Well, yeah, yeah. If it's, well, they don't have to. No, you can't force them to do anything, but you can ask them to pay for uh, someone raking up your leaves every night. Uh That you can have them do. And what you have to do in small claims court is you have to sue them every once in a while because you can only uh, sue them for the damages you have already incurred, not the damages you're going to incur. So it's one of those things where. If they say no, uh, then you figure out uh, what the value is if you do it yourself. I don't know, $15 an hour, $20 an hour. You give yourself a salary for doing that. Uh, or you actually have someone come out and you pay that someone to come out. Either way, 
Uh-huh. And uh, you try to get your money back, and hopefully they turn around. And by the way, uh, I would start smoking again. This is Handle on the Law. Julie Slater in the KFI Newsroom. What's the latest? More stimulating talk right now. KFI and iHeart Radio Station. KFI AM 640, more stimulating talk. Bill Handel, this is Handle on the Law. Hey, Debbie, welcome to Handle on the Law. Hi, Bill. Yes, ma'am. I'm calling, I'm calling because I've lived in an apartment building in Huntington Beach called the Artisan Apartment Homes for five years. In January, they uh, my last lease I signed in September, in January they sold the place to a new location or to a new manager, you know, new the profit guy. Anyway, um, ever since then, I have had a notice on my door almost every day, whether it's the water's out, the elevator doesn't work. They cut down 800 trees. I live in the walking dead set. Um, literally, I do not feel safe. The security gate isn't closed. There's 10 to 12. All right. That, that, that's enough. You've gotten, uh, you, you've described it enough to where I would argue it, they've made it uninhabitable. And yeah, absolutely. okay, so and that's a very important word. Uninhabitable is a legal term. It's not just uninhabitable because you don't like living there or your neighbors. Uh, you don't like your neighbors. Well, maybe your neighbors, but uh, it's it's a specific legal term. And there are certain criteria that have to be met. I think they've been met in your case. So now you've got some choices. You can simply withhold the rent until they get it straightened out and you've bought yourself a lawsuit for unlawful detainer and you get to go to court and you can argue what they've done to you and you want to bring as much proof as possible. And you'll probably I think you're going to win uh, the case. Uh, But then you have a landlord that hates your guts, to say the least, is going to try to make life. Yeah. So that's a practical issue. The other way uh, you can do it is as far as uh, I'm concerned, whatever lease you have has now been broken and you go someplace else. Uh, or you can suck it up or and try to uh, simply negotiate with uh, the landlord saying, hey, I went, I, I, I saw an attorney on this one. And let me tell you, you've got some issues here. Now, uh, you've, you've made it almost impossible for me to live here. The attorney, don't mention me, by the way, because if the guy listens to this show, Debbie, he'll start laughing. So it's really important. It's really important that you don't mention you talk to me. But you consulted no. with an attorney and uh, you say, I've got a case to withhold the rent. I don't want to do that, so let's figure out what we can do. He's not going to stop fixing the place, for sure, uh, because yeah, for sure. Uh, because his, whatever uh, the deal they cut involves him doing whatever he can. So uh, just maybe you can go for half rent. Maybe you can go for 30% off and say, hey, let's, uh, let's make this thing work. And uh, if he does and you're okay with it, then you live uh, badly, but you live uh, more cheaply. Those are right. your choices, Debbie. There's no easy way out of this one. No, there isn't. What if they don't? Because I have tried to negotiate with them. If they don't, they don't. Here's your choices: suck it up or withhold the rent. Gotcha. And then just uh, and, I, and you tell them why, it, and you're going to court. That's what. Can I do a small claim? Just happened for like, no, the last no, case, no, but... no. You are not suing them. They have to sue you. You are withholding the rent. Ah, okay. Yeah, because I don't know what your damages are. 
Small claims can only give specific damages, X, Y, Z, this amount of money. They're going When they sue you, they're going to have specific amounts of money. You owe us right. X dollars, and the small claims court judge can say yes, no, split it in half, whatever. What are you suing for? Well, the last eight months of inhabitability. Yeah, but what, okay, what do you want? Well, I want my, my rent back. All I right. want my 800. All right, all right. Then money. you can sue, then try suing for uh, the money you already paid him. Try that. I mean, that's not going to, uh, that doesn't hurt you, but that means right. that every month you don't pay, he can haul you back into court for a notice to pay rent or quit. Oh, gotcha. So then, so if I wait for them to sue me and then I I can counter sue? Well, it's too you know you can argue how you paid the rent and it's worth less than what it was, but how much less? Uh, do you want it all back, Debbie, and just have a free place to live? Well, I want a majority of it back. Okay, how much? You have to ask you have to ask for a specific amount. What do you want? 75% back? At least Okay, so now the judge has to figure, at least, so the judge has to figure out what is it worth in dollar terms for you to have had that miserable an experience, maybe yes, maybe no. You certainly sue for all of your money, Debbie. I mean, you sue for every dime, and you simply ask for every, yeah, that might work. Try that one out and see what happens. You have nothing to lose? Well, I definitely have backup. I definitely have backup. Oh, no, I'm not even arguing that. I'm assuming you have all the backup in the world. Yeah. Because if, if you don't, you're going no place with that. But, yeah, sure, you can try for past rent uh, and, and how much and when. Uh, okay. And this is when it started. Sure. Uh, that's a shot. I'd rather have people sue me for money but uh, because I'm holding on to the money, but so be it. Hello, Joe. Joe, welcome to Handle on the Law. Hi. Uh, I'm being sued right now for an accident that I was in. Okay. In, Calif- in California. Um, I'm planning on getting married. I don't know if my wife, my future wife, will uh, be liable. Okay. Uh, no, there is, by the way, in the law, just to make you feel better, uh, if you get married, you are exempt from getting sued. They can't even sue people that are just about to get married. Did you know that? <laughs> no, That's you didn't true. know that. I'm that making that up. True. No, uh, okay, good for you. You should do this show. No, your wife is not going to be responsible. You're being sued as an individual. And if there's a judgment against you, it will go down against you. And so even if we file together, like uh, taxes and whatnot? Well, if, if we you file- filing taxes is different. Even with a separate, if you keep your property separate, income is still considered a uh, is still considered community. But that doesn't mean she can get sued. For taxes, it's one thing. For being sued is something else. Now, if it turns out they get a judgment and you guys have joint monies together... Then they can go after that. But what let me ask you. Joint, what about joint? Like, I just bought her a car because her credit was bad. And, and whose name was, is it in? It's, it, I thought it was going to be under hers, but apparently it's under my name. Then, like, it, then the you're name. responsible. Then go after that. But, uh, you know, Joe, they don't. Do you have insurance? But they found me 100% at fault. Doesn't the, the and, have, and the it, it, it doesn't matter. And the police. It doesn't matter. Do you have insurance? Yeah. I did. Then you're done. Turn it over to your insurance company. They'll settle it. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, that's it. They're going to settle it, Joe. They're not going to go into a court. They're not going to sue you. I mean, they may sue you, but you turn it over to your insurance company and they take care of it. They'll defend you. They'll settle it. As long as you have insurance, you're fine. Luann. Hi, Handel. Yes, my ma'am. Grandpa- my grandparents 
um, both wrote into a trust that I was to receive a specific property. After my grandfather died, my grandmother changed the trust, and um, it caused some of the other family members to sue. Mm-hmm. However, it did not have anything to do uh, with my particular property, meaning they both agreed that I should inherit the whole thing. And I was just wondering, during this lawsuit, is there anything that I can do to actually collect on yeah, my Yeah, I think property? so. I think so. Since there is no question as to your share I think you can go in and have uh, your property, uh, that is what's left to you, uh, distributed to you. Now, if it's all real property, that becomes a little bit problematic. Uh, And how how much money are we talking about, Luann? Well, it's a bunch of money, but I'm actually, when I say property, I mean a physical Yeah, no, I get it. How much money are we talking about that you are going to get? Let's just call it $500,000. It is well worth for you to get a... A state probate and a state lawyer. You've got to go in there and be represented. Absolutely. Now, my second question is, is during this lawsuit, if the estate does not pay the taxes on this property, is there a chance that we could lose it? No, no. It's uh, well, you, what, what kind of prop, uh, taxes are you talking about? You're talking about property, property taxes? taxes. Uh, yeah, of course. Of course. But okay. the trustee has to pay the tax out of the estate. It, so and if he it, fails to do so, then then, you, then everybody, then all the beneficiaries have a lawsuit against the trustee. All right. Well, thank you, Handel. Have a great day. Okay. Thanks. I don't know why I said thanks. She should thank me. This is Handel on the Law. Julie Slater in the KFI Newsroom. Julie. After the holidays, it's very common for you to feel a little blue. I'll explain why and what you can do about it on this week's Jesus Christ Show. The Jesus Christ Show. Tomorrow morning at 6 on KFI. AM 640. More stimulating talk. This is KFI AM 640. More stimulating talk. Bill Handel here. Welcome back. And welcome back to Handle on the Law. Marginal legal advice. Lou. Hello, Lou. Hey. Yes. Good morning. Yes, sir. Uh, my question to you is, uh, I've always heard you say that, you know, if you get sued or something, they can't uh, touch your Social Security check. Correct. Everybody I know has a direct deposit, and once it goes in your bank account, is, does that change things? Yeah, or? yeah, sure does. Once it hits your bank account, then then it's open to be hit by a creditor. It's just oh, okay. what they can't do is file a lien against uh, the, the the government to move the check over in your direction. For example, uh, if there is a bank account, uh, the uh, the creditor can go and say, I want the money. If there is a job, the creditor can go and say, I want a percentage of lose paycheck. If uh, there is uh, some kind of policy, an annuity, an insurance policy coming in, uh, I think that's open. I don't think pension plans are open uh, to be attacked, and certainly not your Social Security. So until it hits the bank itself, it's safe. But once it does, uh, it's open to be attacked. I understand. Okay, there it is. Hi, Julie. Julie, you're up. Welcome to Hello. Handle on the Law. Yes, ma'am. Hello. Um, so I have a sister that uh, is undiagnosed mentally ill, and she lost custody of her daughter, and the father passed away two months ago. 
The daughter is 11 years old. She's living with my mother. My mother has custody. My sister Okay, wait has, a sec. Hold on. Does your mother have legal custody? She well, she has custody. Does she I, have legal Does she have legal custody? There's a difference between custody and uh and the 11-year-old just living with your mother. Is she just living I, with her or does she have legal custody? She has legal custody. Got it. Okay. So the problem here is that uh, my sister is allowed to speak with her daughter, and she spends every waking hour on the telephone, and she's been coaching her on things to say. And my sister has called the, uh, the police 42 times on my mom and coached the child to say, you hit me, you hit me, and taped it when my mother did not hit her. And so now the... Um, the, the CPS is going to take the child out of the home and put her into foster care, but they can't find a situation for her. I am trying to figure out whether I need legal representation because this is elderly. Well, wait, 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 hold on. Wait a minute. You, why would you need legal representation, Julie? This really has nothing to do with you. Well, because she's been telling my mother that she's going to sue me. For what? For what? What is she going to sue you? What is she going to sue you for? Um, because she thinks that I'm the one that took away her daughter when I she's, had nothing to do with it. Julie, she's crazy. You don't need a lawyer. Wait till she files a lawsuit. Okay. She's not going to so, get. She's not going to get a lawyer that's going to file that lawsuit, Julie. But how do I protect my mom? Is this a case of elder abuse because she no, called the police forty two no, times? No, but it. Uh, no, I don't think so. I don't think it's uh, elder abuse. But I think whatever lawsuit she has, the fact that she called the cops forty two times uh, is kind of interesting. Also. The social workers, uh, have they interviewed the 11-year-old? Oh, yes. And, the, oh, yeah. and, and wait a sec. And they've believed the 11-year-old that all 42 times uh, your sister has hit her daughter. Uh, no, it was, there was only one time that but, um, she's claiming abuse. But the problem is, is I'm watching my mom decline. She's 85. I, yeah, I'm, I understand. But, Julie, now what? It doesn't matter at this point. First of all, so you what? you have no standing at all unless you are arguing for custody of uh, this would be your niece, correct? Yes. Yeah. The, if correct. you are arguing for custody of your niece and you're arguing Which that, that uh, well, then, then you have nothing to do with this until you are sued for whatever crazy reason that your sister sues you for, which will disappear instantly. You know, she'd have to sue on her own. She's not going to get a lawyer to do it. Uh, well, she has two attorneys right now, and I don't know. It's but they're not going to. But they're not going to, Julie. They're not going to sue you. But how can I? How can I protect my mom? This is elder. You, abuse. you can't. And it, elder abuse is a very specific uh, legal. There's a definition of elder abuse. I don't think this is elder abuse. Okay, so there's nothing I can do. I'm dead in the water. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can help. Uh, you can help your niece, and you can be a witness. But there's not much you can do. I mean, the fact that Crazy Sister has uh, called the cops 42 times, and the cops have shown up 42 times? 
they have shown up uh, at least 10, yeah. All right, and what do they say when they show? Because if they leave... Nothing, there's nothing wrong here. They okay, think, then you've had that. There's nothing, then there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong. And in one instance, the social worker has said there was evidence. Because an 11-year-old talking, when you come up with... You're talking about your mom now. Your mom's attorney argues that uh, that the one time they found that there was some kind of an issue, talk to the daughter. If, they, if they're not able to figure out that out of the 42 times uh, your daughter or your niece was lying every single time, uh, then there's a, a bigger issue involved. Then the whole system is screwed up. But in the meantime, well, there, there's, there's nothing for you to do. Nothing at this point. Okay, this is Handle on the Law. 